Anybody else ready for the word this morning? All righty. This morning we launch a brand new series of messages that I'm calling Miracles. Uh, but this is sort of a slight audible from uh, sort of this true miracle message. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a departure uh, simply because prophetically we are in a very interesting season with this being Rosh Hashanah. Uh, it's, it's a Jewish uh, word or a Jewish phrase or a Jewish holiday, which simply means literally translated means head of the year. So around the world right now, or actually since Friday, our Jewish brothers and sisters have been celebrating the Jewish New Year. Uh, this is significant because Rosh Rosh Hashanah is the first of what is called the holy days or the holiest of days. It culminates on day 10 with what is called Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur is, is what we know from scripture to be the day of atonement. Uh, on the day of atonement, under the old covenant, once a year, once a year, the high priest and only the high priest could walk beyond the veil into the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was kept and where the glory of God rested. So once a year, the high priest would go and offer a sacrifice on behalf of the entire nation of Israel. The intriguing thing about that, that uh, uh, process was that the, 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 uh, the high priest wore a robe that had bells around the hem of the robe. He also wore a, a very long sash around his waist that extended from inside the Holy of Holies into the holy place. The reason for that was if the high priest entered into the Holy of Holies with any sin in his heart, the glory of God, the holiness of God would strike him down immediately. And the priest serving in the temple would know that the high priest was dead when the bell stopped ringing. Are y'all with me? And then they would take that rope, that sash that was wrapped around his waist, and they would pull the high priest out of the Holy of Holies. But this happened only once a year on Yom Kippur, on the Day of Atonement, when the high priest was allowed to come into the presence of God. Something significant happened on the cross. Come on, somebody. When Jesus gave up the ghost and declared, it is finished. Anybody remember what happened other than the earthquake and the earth turning gray? And, and anybody else remember what happened in the temple that day? The veil in the temple was ripped. And the scripture says from top to bottom. And what that signified is that you and I no longer need a high priest to draw near to God on our behalf because Jesus has now become our high priest and you and I can now draw near to God whenever we need to access the presence of God. And it was all because of the finished work of the cross. And one of the reasons we celebrated communion is to commemorate the fact that the veil in the temple is rent from top to bottom. And you and I can now draw near to God without any fear of being struck down by the judgment of God because the blood of Jesus speaks of better things. Come on, somebody. You missed a great opportunity to get excited this morning. And so I want to shift a little bit and really talk about what this means, Rosh Hashanah. It simply means that just as our Jewish brothers and sisters are celebrating a brand new season, just as our Jewish brothers and sisters are celebrating a reset, guess what? You and I get to do a reset as well. 
How many of you could use a real good reset from 2020? How about God just erased everything before Friday, September 18th, and God says, you know what, you got a fresh start and a new beginning. I believe that's exactly what God is doing right now in this season. He's resetting things. Our reset fast was not accidental or coincidental. We were leaning into God so that we could culminate on, on this weekend, Rosh Hashanah, and acknowledge, God, would you do something brand new in me, in my family, and in everything that concerns me? That's what our Jewish brothers and sisters are celebrating all around the world right now. And in your own way, in your own personal way, I want you to consider this morning the things that you need God to reset. The things that you need God to realign. The things that you need God to recalibrate in your life. Realize that God is not just a God of the second chance because if he, if he were only the God of the second chance, all of us would be disqualified right now. I'm so grateful this morning that the God we serve and the God whose we are is a God of new beginnings. In fact, the Bible declares in Lamentations chapter 3 that his mercies are new every morning, even this morning and even this moment. And so I don't want you to kind of get into cruise control and disengage from this moment because I believe with all my heart that God desires to do something brand new in your life right now in this moment. And I pray that you will prepare your heart for what the Lord will say and do in this moment. Let's pray and we'll dive into God's word together. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. And I pray, Father, that your word will go forth unfettered and unhindered in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Lord, this morning that your word will not return unto you void, but it certainly will prosper in the thing whereunto it is sent. Father, prepare our hearts now to receive in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Our Jewish brothers and sisters around the world are not only celebrating the Jewish New Year or what is called the head of the year, but they're also using this time and they believe that around this time God actually created the heavens and the earth. They believe that at Rosh Hashanah what they're also celebrating and commemorating is the creation of all things. And as I began to pray, I started to say to myself, Lord, what do you desire to say to our church specifically? Remember, listen, there's a reason we're going to be preaching on miracles because I believe with all my heart, without one scintilla of doubt, that God is bringing us into a season of notable miracles. Listen to me. It doesn't matter what things have looked like up until now. Something is shifting spiritually, and it has very little to do with what you and I can see visibly. The Bible declares that as Christ followers, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. God wants to strengthen our spiritual and our visual acuity to see beyond what we can see in the natural. That's where he wants us to set our hearts and our affections, beyond what we're hearing and beyond what we can measure empirically in the natural. God wants us to shift and to believe on a whole nother level that all things, listen to me, all things, not some things. Jesus said these words, that all things are possible to them that believe. And that with God, nothing will be impossible. There's some of you sitting in the audience this morning saying, Pastor, you don't know my situation. 
You have no idea what I'm wrestling with. You have no idea what I'm struggling through. You have no idea the desperation I'm, I'm feeling right now. May I submit to you this morning? That makes you a perfect candidate for a miracle right now. I need to work this thing a little bit more. I think I do need to work it a little bit more. Here's why that's significant. Rosh Hashanah and the celebration of, of God's creative power. The reason that's important this morning, spiritually, the reason it is important, uh, even prophetically, you guys know the deal. You say it often. First impressions count. Our first impressions of a person, our first impression of a thing matters because sometimes your first impression becomes a lasting impression. And of all the ways that God could have chosen to reveal himself to humanity, as we look to the ancient text, God reveals himself in two ways. The God who is able to do all things and speak all things into existence. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, what God is saying to each of us as we open the scriptures is, Hello, my name is God. Have you ever been to a mixer? or a networking meeting, y'all grab that little sticky label and some of them will say, hello, my name is, and then you've got to write your name on with the Sharpie. That's what God is doing in Genesis chapter one. And God was very careful and God was very deliberate and God was very intentional about how he chose to introduce himself. And he introduces himself, first of all, as a God who steps out of eternity into time. He is not limited by time or space because he is eternal. He is the God who was and has always been. Listen to me. That mean God, means God is aware of, conscious of every moment and every minute of your life. He knows it from the end to the beginning, and he is Lord over everything in between. And so as God steps out of eternity into time, he declares, I am God. And I think this morning, Pastor Jesse, not just as we look to the word, but even everything Rick and the team sang this morning, reminding us that he is a way maker, that he is a promise keeper. Our God, how great you are. I think God wants to remind us this morning, he wants us to, to be reminded this morning of how great he really is. So say this with me, say this with me. Understand the plan, follow the pattern, receive the promise. Understand the plan, what that means is God has a plan. Jeremiah chapter 29 and 11 says, listen, I know. You may not know, but God says he knows. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. And what is his plan? To prosper you and not to harm you. You guys know a little bit of my story. The first time I saw that verse of scripture, I was curled up in the fetal position under a dining room table behind rebel lines in Liberia, West Africa. I still remember the day as if it were yesterday because it was my younger brother's birthday. It was October 6th and that morning I couldn't stop crying because I thought I would never see my brother and my parents again. 
They had made it safely across the border into neighboring Sierra Leone, and here I was, 18 years old, with my older brother Joshua, who was 20 at the time. The house we were in was surrounded by rebels. And as I'm crying in the fetal position, nothing and no one could console me. And then all of a sudden, between the legs of the chair, someone slides this piece of paper, and there's, I mean, I'm bawling. I couldn't even recognize what it was. And after I calmed myself down, I reached for this piece of paper, and it was a gospel tract. And this gospel tract was the story of a U.S. Air Force pilot who had been shot down in Vietnam, who was a prisoner of war for seven years. And the one thing that sustained him for those seven years was a verse of scripture that he memorized as a kid in children's church. Thank God for Waleska and Kia and Carla in our kids' ministry. Here's a POW, a veteran shot down, and the one thing that sustains him for seven years is a verse of scripture that he memorized as a child. And for the first time, as I read that gospel tract, I saw those verses Ray, I've got a plan for your life. It may not look like it right now, but you're going to pastor a church in a city called Plano, called Converge Church. Now, he didn't say that to me then. But I'm just letting you know, God had a future for me beyond that moment curled up in the fetal position. But in that moment, that's all I could see, that's all I knew, and I didn't even know if I would live another day. My brother and I were confined to the house for three months. We couldn't even go outside. The family had to go and fetch water for us for fear that if we came outside, the rebels would recognize me and my brother because our father was a politician and execute us. We couldn't take a bath until after dark. But God was saying, Ray, I've got a plan for you. And my plan for you is that I'm going to prosper you and not harm you. I'm going to give you a future and an expected end. And you might be here this morning and your circumstances look absolutely nothing like what God is speaking to you right now. I'm talking to the dreamers in the building. God has been speaking to you. He's giving you a picture of what's next. But what you're experiencing now looks absolutely nothing like what he says is going to happen next. And God is saying, I'm going to reveal myself to you in this season as the God who created the heavens and the earth. If he could do that, if he could speak all of this into existence out of nothing, how much more? How much more? How much more? Okay, we got to get our faith level up. Y'all still choking. You're like the Boston Celtics right now, but y'all get it. <laughs> y'all still choking on the promise of God. It, you'll get it. I, still, I can sense it. What you're going through right now is so overwhelming that you can't even see beyond what you're going through. It's so all-consuming that what I'm saying seems far-fetched. But at Rosh Hashanah, what God wants to do is reveal himself to us as a God who can and the God who will. Say that with me again. Understand the plan. Understand the plan. Follow the pattern. Follow the pattern. Receive, the Receive the promise. 
today we're going to talk a little bit about the pattern. Because as God introduces himself, he gives us a pattern in Genesis. He gives us a pattern to follow so that we can experience the miracle that he desires for us to live in. Are you with me? Let me back that thing up for a second. Even beyond the miracle, I want you to hear this, even beyond the miracle, or even more important than living the miracle, is that God wants to, you to live under the blessing. Miracles are about divine interventions, where God's got to show up and fix some things. But when you're walking in the blessing, it's a continual flow of the peace of God, of the joy of the Lord, of the favor of God. Listen to me, miracles are good. And miracles, sometimes we need. But God wants to move us from miracle to miracle. And he wants us to live blessed. Whew. Okay. We're going to raise our faith level a little bit over the next several weeks. Miracles are spectacular. We all get excited about miracles. And that's good. But God wants us to live blessed. Because when you and I lived blessed every day, it removes the necessity for a miracle. Y'all didn't, did y'all hear what I'm saying? Miracles are about divine interventions. When your back's up against the wall, then God shows up to part the Red Sea. It's a divine intervention. But God can bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey, and you don't need a miracle. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And that's why the Bible declares in Proverbs that the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he adds no sorrow with it. One translation says that when God's blessing is upon your life and my life, the, the NLT, the New Living Translation says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no painful toil with it. How many, ready, how many of y'all ready to give up your painful toil? Striving and grinding. The Lord said his blessing. When he breathes his blessing upon you and me, it removes the struggle and the painful toil. That's what God is bringing us into in spite of everything that's happening with COVID-19. Can we have the faith to believe that God can do that in the midst of a plague? Absolutely. So God shows up, and the first thing I believe God wants to do as we follow the pattern, as we follow God's pattern in creation, notice what the scripture says in verse number two, that when God shows up on the scene and he says, hello, my name is God, look at what he stepped into. He stepped into an earth that was without form and void. God stepped into chaos. And may I submit to you that the God we serve still wants to step into the midst of your chaos and bring order. Not only does he want to do it, he wants for you to see the opportunity in the midst of your chaos and dysfunction. Are you hearing me? Most of us see the problem and all we see is the problem and we miss the divine opportunity in the midst of the problem. And what God saw with all the chaos 
and nothing that had form or order was not something to complain about and be frustrated about and walk away from, God saw an opportunity to do something creative. In fact, when God introduces himself to us, he introduces himself as a God who brings creativity where there is chaos. That's the pattern that God wants us to follow. In the midst of your chaos, God wants to give you a creative solution to bring order where there was once dysfunction. Notice what the scripture says. that the Spirit of God began to hover over the face of the waters. And as I was praying and preparing, I just felt impressed in my heart that that's what the Lord will do. The Lord will allow His Spirit to hover over every chaotic thing in your life. Every chaotic thing in your life. And as the Spirit began to hover over chaos, over the things that were void and without form, then God spoke. Follow the pattern, right? He steps into chaos. He sees the opportunity in chaos. The Spirit of God hovers over it, and then God speaks. Listen, in this season, God is going to hover over everything in your life that is out of order, everything that is incomplete, everything that is not fully formed, everything that is without shape or structure, everything that is desolate, everything that is barren, everything that is unfruitful, and he will breathe light, life over it. Amen. You'll see it happen. Number two, when we begin to see the opportunity in seemingly chaotic situations and circumstances, what we will begin to do now is we become solutions oriented. Listen to me, that's how God is gonna move you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Your reward in life, listen to me, your reward in life, everybody in this room, your reward, my reward in life is determined by the problems I've chosen to solve. The way you change your position, your lot, and your standing in life is begin to solve different problems. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your reward in life is determined by the problems you choose to solve. So become a problem solver. Okay, so if, if, uh, if I choose to solve a fast food problem, it will determine my reward in life. I will make $10 an hour, $12 an hour, $15 an hour. If I choose to solve a legal problem, what's my reward gonna be in life? $200 an hour, $300 an hour, $500 an hour. And what God is saying is he's going to do something supernatural that will allow you and me to begin to solve different problems. Because a person's reward in life is determined by the problems they have chosen to solve. In fact, he's going to go a step further and he's going to give us divine solutions. I want you to hear this. He's going to give you divine solutions to complex problems. Wow. Okay. We got to get our faith up in the building, man. I'm talking about you. He's going to give you divine solutions to complex problems. Okay, how do, I, how do I say this? Okay. What makes 
the guy who came up with Uber any better than you? Listen to me. Uber doesn't own one car. Yet they move people from place to place around the world. Transportation wasn't a, wasn't a new idea. Uber was. And with one idea, some dude is walking around a multi-billionaire. You know why that is important? Because it is the pattern of God. When God said, let there be light, he didn't stop with creativity. He moved on to innovation. When God said light, let there be light, that was, cre that was a creative force. But when he took the light, and the Bible says that God separated the light, and he took the greater light and called it the sun, and he took the lesser light and called it the moon, and then he took the other light and called it the stars, you know what that is? That's not just creativity, that's innovation. And God wants to bring you into a season of innovation where in your job, on your job, God will give you, not Sally, not Karen, you, a divine solution to a complex problem innovative ideas that nobody's seen before. That is the pattern of God. He's not just creator, he is an innovator. Somebody say, Lord, do that for me. Wow, okay, I'm not, still not sure. <laughs> still not sure. It's going to take some time for us to work this. God wants to do it for you. Man, I wish I had the liberty to share one testimony. I don't have liberty to share testimony right now. I don't have the liberty to share a testimony right now. But this guy, this guy, when he was coming, oh, am I having liberty now to share the testimony? Listen, this guy, when he started coming to our church, multiple times, had to buy him gas multiple times. His car would break down. He said, Pastor Ray, can I get some money for gas? My wife's nodding yes. And tires too. Back in March, listen to me, I went to his corporate, listen to me, I went to his corporate office building because he wanted for me to speak to his team. I can't, I'm, I'm being careful. His team of money managers who are moving millions of dollars around the world. In fact, the day I went to his office to speak to his team, the next day he got his hedge fund certification. He is, listen to me, he is a hedge fund manager moving hundreds of millions of dollars around the world. When he came to our church, I want, listen, I'm talking about real life testimonies. For those of you who are struggling with the ability to believe that God wants to do it through you. This guy could not even replace his tires. And he is a hedge fund manager. In fact, when we needed to, when we needed to, 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 to you know where those signs came from? I just picked up the phone and called them up. All their signage, all the signs you see on the street. Hey, dude, uh, 
stroke the check. And all the signs you see was came from a guy who couldn't put tires on his car. The money that we need to pivot to live stream, guess what I did on Friday? Rick told me this is the budget. I called this guy up, stroked the check. The money that we need for all the new cameras and lighting and even for our musicians to have in-ear monitors is going to come from a guy who was in this church, who is still a part of this church, who in less than five years, in fact, maybe three years, I'm talking about divine appointments. I'm talking about divine alignments. I'm talking about God showing up in your chaos. I'm talking about God showing up in your chaos and saying, I'm going to bring order. In every step of the way, in every conversation I've had with him. In fact, when I spoke to his team of investors, some of these guys are former NFL players. And I'm talking to these guys, and I'm talking to them about Jesus and business. In fact, he said, Pastor Ray, you got to come back because these guys are asking for you, and they're trying to come on somebody. Somebody say retainer in Jesus' name. I got to let y'all go. I haven't even started my message. Because I wanted to preach my message, but if I preach it, you can't, you won't receive it. You, you, won't, you won't receive it because it sounds too far-fetched. I'm giving you real-life examples of it. So in a couple of weeks, when we start streaming live, just know that it came from somebody whose life was void and without form. Until the Spirit of God began to hover over his life. Until God breathed on his life. Right here in our church. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Yes. We're going to share testimonies of people in, the, in this church. I don't, do I have the liberty to say it? I saw my man John Griggs walk in. Is John here? Is Shelby here? Shelby and John. Miracles. That baby girl, Michaela, sitting right there. There's a reason that there is a gap between her older brother, John, and Michaela. We're going to tell that story of how God stepped into their chaos, how the Spirit of God hovered over them, and God gave them a notable miracle that's been written about more than once, Shelby. You're sitting around miracles. I got a miracle right here on the second row called Carla Gibbs. Call, I say Carla Gibbs, where God showed up in the midst I'll be Carla, let me get that right. Carla Heston, she is spoken for in Jesus' name. She married. Showed up in the, oh, right, right there. There, her husband right there. He got his finger up. Showed up in the midst of their chaos. And the spirit of God hovered over things that were void and without, listen, that were void and without form. And said, let there be. Listen to me. When we struggle in our faith, the struggle is not necessarily about God's ability. Say, so, oh yeah, God could do it. Our struggle is often, will God do it? And then the next part is, will God do it for me? God sent me here this morning to tell you, not only will he do it, but he will do it for you. I'm talking about Every void, every void 
and formless thing. Everyone, every single one, the Spirit of God, follow the pattern. God steps into chaos, the Spirit of God hovers, and then God speaks. Understand the plan, follow the pattern, receive the promise. Okay, so all of that was just my introduction. Let me now get into my first point. Y'all think I'm playing, I'm serious. No, I'm about to wrap up. Here it is. Here it is. What's the pattern that God gives us? I'm just going to throw this out there because over the next several weeks, we're going to be building on this. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help all of us. I'm trying to help all of us. Listen to me. I told y'all. Did I tell y'all on one of the messages? Did I tell y'all on one of the messages that one day I'm preaching and I share the vision for what we're going to be doing in Liberia? and how we're going to be helping uh, these young men and women uh, 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 who are traumatized from the Liberian Civil War. It's a dream in my, that's been in my heart since 1996. And in one moment, in one moment, somebody who was just visiting our church heard the testimony. And a few days later, there was a check in the mail that had a lot of zeros. It's the biggest single offering our church has ever received. You know why? Because God told us at the end of last year that 2020 would be a year of accelerated manifestation. Now, why did God do this? Ray Harmon's not special. All we're doing, listen, I'm priming the pump of your faith so that you can align with what God is doing. He's giving us a divine reset right now in this moment. That's why I'm trying to say, I can't even preach a message because it's almost like I'm trying to preach a message, but he's like, nah, they ain't, they ain't ready. I got to tell some stories. To let y'all know. So when you see me and Pastor Wendy on a plane going to Liberia to help traumatize kids, you know how it happened? It happened in this season of accelerated manifestation. Something that's been in my heart since 19, in the mid-90s, in the mid-90s, didn't happen until this year in the midst of COVID-19. Part of our problem is we, 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 we allow circumstances to, to dictate what we can believe for. Our God is bigger than COVID-19. Our God is bigger than even corporate America. My wife took our kids, I don't think I can even preach. My wife took our kids back to school shopping, went to Allen Outlets. And uh, she saw a cardigan in the window and she said, oh, that'll be perfect for Ray. So she walks up to the window and this particular store, they had been kicked out. They had been evicted for non-payment of rent. So she's walking around shops, uh, what did I say? Allen Outlets, walking around, goes to this other prominent store. They put all their business out there. This store has been evicted for non-payment of rent to the tune of $103,000. And for those of us who are out here, when you start to think of all the companies that are filing bankruptcy, we think that our lives are measured and determined by what's happening in culture. When we serve a God who still wants to step, listen to me, listen to me. I have no doubt whatsoever, no doubt whatsoever that as long as our lives are aligned with what God is doing, as long as our lives are aligned with what God is doing, he's already declared the blessing over your life and my life. Already. Already. And so sometimes when we hear what's happening in the news and we say, oh, man, that story. Listen, that same day, come on, somebody, I got my favorite things. So I told Pastor Wendy, hey, man, you, so she left Allen Outlets, came to Stonebriar Mall. I said, baby, why are you at Stonebriar Mall? Pick up my favorite pizza from my favorite pizza spot, California Pizza Kitchen. 
They got this Jamaican jerk chicken pizza, y'all. Come on, any jerk chicken lovers in the house? And they got that applewood smoked bacon on it. So she called me back. I said, hey, baby, I'm I'm, listen, I'm calling and nobody's picking up. So she pulls up into the curbside thing right at the mall here, goes up to the door, out of business. Now, for those of us, right, who are not aligned with God, that kind of stuff will freak you out. Oh, Sears out of business. California Pizza Kitchen. Brooks Brothers. This person, that person filing bankruptcy. And then we, we lower our expectation to what's happening in culture. When God says, <laughs> I'm going to show up in the midst of chaos and reveal myself to you. Hello, my name is God. As the God who hovers over chaos and speaks life. Now, I'm going to, ah, next week we're going to talk about this. Let me say it now. Make sure you RSVP for next Sunday. Okay, at least while we're trying to figure this out, you'll re RSVPs will be required. We took down the link temporarily because we didn't want to have too many people in this service. But for next week, I think it'll be back online later today. RSVP for the service later today. Listen, <sighs> I'm getting ahead of myself, but I've got to close here. Listen to me. When I was preparing for this message, this one it almost exploded and the team can come. Come on, somebody. Y'all start playing that Academy Award music behind me so I know it's time for me to get off the stage. Come on, somebody. Listen to me. This is the one thing, right, that was in my heart so strong. I want y'all to hear this. And if you are a note taker, receive this as the word of the Lord. Forgive me if this is your first time here. I'm like a squirrel. I'm all over the place because the stuff I want to say, I can't even say it because it's like we got we to gotta work our way up to that point. And this is how we're going to work our way up to that point. Y'all ready for this? In creation, this is one of the things God did that you must now apply. This is following the pattern. We're going to follow the pattern of God. Here's, here's what we need to do. So the first thing, God steps into chaos. Spirit of God hovers. God speaks. How many of you realize that faith is, is voice activated? Faith is voice activated. That's why the psalmist said, I believed. In my heart, therefore, have I spoken. Listen, just because you think it doesn't mean it's going to grow legs and happen. Faith is voice activated. There are things that you have to speak over your situation, speak over your circumstances, Mark 11, 23 and 24. But then faith is also motion sensitive because faith without works is dead being alone. How many of you got them lights that don't come on until something starts moving? Anybody listen to what I'm saying? There are things in your life that haven't come on because you stopped moving. And the Lord is saying it's going to be voice activated, but it's also motion sensitive because it's hard to steer a parked car. God can't steer you if you parked. Put that car in drive and start moving. And just like that GPS you got on your phone and in your car, eh? it will say, turn left, turn right. And God is so gracious and so merciful and so kind that even if we miss the mark, God is more kind than even your GPS. Your GPS is going to reroute you. 
as long as you have your destination keyed in, that GPS ain't going to let you get off course very long. It's going to reroute you immediately. So the Lord said that some of us in this room that have the dream in your heart, but you ain't said a word in faith about it. Second group of people, you talking when you should be moving. Because you can talk to that light all day long, it ain't coming on until you take that first step. Boom, lights come on. But even beyond that, Pastor Jesse, here's the takeaway for today. Listen, I didn't even scratch the surface of what I'm saying. But this is what the Lord wants us to take away. Most of us quit prematurely because we have stopped celebrating short-term wins. I want you to hear that. Because we have stopped celebrating short-term wins. You say, Pastor Ray, what are you talking about? Okay. God gave us the pattern in creation. I want you to hear this. Write it down. God celebrated daily progress in the midst of an unfinished work. Y'all not even hearing what I'm saying, Chris. God celebrated daily progress in the midst of an unfinished work. God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God said, that's good. But look at all the other stuff that's... And, and, and then God made the firmament, and he separated the firmament from the water, and he said, that's good. The problem with most of us, the problem with most of us is we're stuck we stopped saying it and we stopped doing it because we stopped celebrating, celebrating short-term wins. And the problem is we see the unfinished work. There's so much work to do, I can't even, where do, and we quit. And God says, follow my pattern. With every win, call it good. Even though there is an unfinished work, with every win, call it good. So this morning, with the hundred people we got in this building, we call it good. Even though it's an unfinished work. And there's some of you this morning, God is saying, if you would simply sit down and write the business plan and call it good, even though it's an unfinished work, I will hover over it. I'm going to breathe on it and I'm going to give it life. So this morning, your assignment your assignment is to remember that faith, whatever is in my heart that God planted, is voice activated. And then number two, it is also motion sensitive. I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to do something. And as I do it, no matter how small the win is, I'm going to follow the pattern of God. I'm going to celebrate small wins in the midst of an unfinished work. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. I thank you that from this congregation, from this church, you've already started to do it. Raising up hedge fund managers from men who couldn't even pay their bills. God, I thank you for every candidate for a miracle that is in this building right now. We all come to you and we say, God, we're gonna understand the plan. We're gonna follow your pattern so that we can receive the promise. Father, I thank you that greater things are ahead, not because of anything we've done, but because of your promise. Lord, I speak over every person this morning. And Father, forgive me for not communicating this the way I heard it. But Father, I pray in the midst of my humanity and my frailty 
I pray that it came across clear enough for somebody to hear it. Lord, as we walk away from this place, help us to learn the lessons of faith that is activated by our words, faith that is activated by our actions. And Lord, as we celebrate the small wins in the midst of an unfinished work, I hear that crystal clear for somebody this morning. It's celebrating the small wins in the midst of an unfinished work. Then God, you will hover over our efforts and you will breathe life where there was once chaos in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. The team is going to